Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Creators Outlet right here on the Outright Geekery Network. Uh, tonight, we welcome our very special guest, Mr. Frank Forte. Uh, before we get into it, we're going to do a, a, a quick word about our sponsor for tonight's video, SpinWiz Comics at SpinWizComics.com. It is a web and indie comic discovery platform with free comics to read. There, I say free. All you have to do is download the app on iOS or Android, uh, log into it, and for every page of comics you read on the app, you get entered into a monthly, quarterly, and annual giveaway from SpinWiz Comics. You can also purchase the PDFs directly from the site, and 70% of the profits go directly to the creators. Soon to also have a print-on-demand service. It's spinwizcomics.com, and here's just a little more. And now, on with our program. Cool. Frank, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, it's an honor. You you have had uh, just just a little bit of a career in entertainment. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, I worked in comics back in the '90s. I did a lot of indie books, black and white stuff. Worked for uh, Cry for Dawn and Boneyard, and had my own Asylum Press thing going on. And then kind of just kind of made the transition into animation and then into storyboards where um, I kind of worked really since about 2001, 2002 out in Los Angeles. So I kind of made the transition to film and animation where I do mostly storyboards, but you still dabble back into comics and uh, do some fine art stuff as well as um, illustration work and, um, you know, trying to get back into comics, actually doing web comics, but, but yeah, pretty uh, pretty busy a lot of the time, I would say. Oh yeah, uh, just just bouncing over to your uh, IMDb, and I mean you've been work you've been working on Love Lovecraft County over on HBO Max. Uh, yeah, Lovecraft Country, which is on HBO. Oh, Country, I'm sorry. I think HBO Max too. It runs, but uh, yeah, I did storyboards on that all last year. Uh, worked on. Most of the um, any visual effects scenes in it, or um, you know, practical effects. Uh, that's usually what they need storyboarded on a live action show. Um, so it was me and three other two, two or three other board guys that did all the work, and um, yeah, worked for about nine months on that. So it was it was very cool. Yeah, it's been it's been getting uh, some high praise. Uh, we have another uh, podcast here on the network called the Comic Book Bullies, and they are huge fans of that show. Oh, cool, cool. Well, yeah, it's um, a lot of people really like it, and it's um, you know, really dark, really twisted. It has some humor, but you know, it pays tribute to Lovecraft as well as the novel that it was based on, but also takes it in completely different directions that the novel didn't go. So it's uh, it's definitely very cool. Yeah, I, I like how a lot of the a lot of the shows start off with the uh, the base, you know, a, a really good base with the IP, and you know, ex, expand on it in a uh, in a good way. Yeah, totally, totally. 
And uh, you worked on Fantasy Island. I just I just bought that. I haven't watched it oh, yet. Cool. Nice. You know, I haven't even seen it myself. We almost went to see it the weekend it came out. Um, we were up in Santa Barbara that weekend, but then we were just busy. We were kind of just on a vacation. We didn't get to see it. Then it came and went, so I actually haven't even seen it myself. But, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun, too. Again, with horror films and a lot of live action stuff, they don't need everything storyboarded. So we just storyboard like scenes that are visual effects or sometimes complicated shots. Like Jeff wanted to storyboard some stuff where the people were falling off the uh, cliff and there was there were some door scenes and stuff like that. So it's usually just to help to get everyone on set to know what's going on. That's kind of what they uh, what they need boarded. Where like in animation, you need every shot boarded. So there's just kind of a little bit of a difference between animation and live action when it comes to storyboards and how how did how did that all open up for you you know kind of i i was in connecticut for a while living in new connecticut in new york and just trying to find storyboard work there was you know it didn't really exist it, it there was a commercial uh storyboard kind of um there was commercial storyboard work and there was just little films here and there but it wasn't as big as like LA. This is where all the animation is. So I just knew I had to move out here. So you just move out. You kind of start showing your portfolio around, meeting people. Um, you know, I took some classes at some schools from people that worked for Disney and DreamWorks and Sony and Warner Brothers. And they taught me some of the ropes and where to go for work. And you just kind of start networking and you, you kind of show your portfolio around and and then you get a job, and then one job usually leads to the next, to the next, to the next. And then breaking into animation is a little different than live action. It's a whole separate kind of different people are hiring you. So it, it is a separate uh, – <laughs> it's kind of a, a little more difficult to break into live action for sure. But I've been lucky and, you know, fortunate enough. Plus, I was – I would definitely say I was aggressive in finding the work. So that's something, too, that you have to be – I think in live action you have to be – very tenacious, very aggressive, and you, you really have to try really hard to get those jobs. It's not like animation where you can just send in your portfolio. So I've done both, so it's um, it works out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely have to keep that hustle up. Yeah, you know, all the all the time. I want to uh, take a look at uh, some of your older comic stuff. You did a lot of uh, covers for Charlton back in the day. Uh, Charlton, I don't think so. Um, maybe there was, uh, there might be, Is you know, someone told me there was like another, oh no, that's from my blog. That's just me showing off some, uh, that's my blog. That's like me showing off some of my favorite stuff like um, Steve Ditko and whatnot. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's just some of my favorite stuff. No, but in the 90s, I did. Let's see. I've got some stuff here if you want me to show. I mean, I did like Vampire Versus was one, like Warlash. This was uh, a comic that I did in the 90s and then into the 2000s. Um, this is Warlash, Dark Noir. This is a creator-owned book that um, I drew. Um, like this, this first story, this is one that I drew. Um, 
wrote, drew, and lettered. But then there was some other stuff that, uh, you know, like Simon Kudransky from Spawn. This is before he started doing Spawn and Batman. He did some work in here, which was really cool. And then, uh, oh, yeah, Mar M Martin Parsonimura. This guy's from uh, Poland, I think. Really cool. Um, and then, oh, Steve Mannion did a story in here. Look at that. Oh, nice. Mannion from uh, Fearless Dawn. Um, you know, really, really cool stuff. And then, um, you know, like Zombie Terrors, this is a, a book that I put out, an anthology that I um, uh, was the editor on, and I did some stories in there. But, you know, it's uh, just an anthology of, uh, there's a Tim Vigil tale, Allison, um, an anthology that features writers and creators from all over the world. That's a Simon Kudransky story. Um, that is J.C. Wong. But, yeah, just all sorts of indie zombie stories. And then in the 90s, you know, I did uh, Vampire Versus. Uh, I worked for Cry for Dawn and Boneyard Press and stuff. So that's some of my, that's some of my creator-owned stuff. And then, you know, published Steve Mannion's Fearless Dawn in the uh, mid-2000s. You know, these these books are really cool. We're running out of them, too. And Steve uh, just did that Fearless Dawn and Hellboy book. These are all books. Oh, that we yeah. Have. I mean, Asylum Press is a small company. We didn't really put out that many titles, you know, just being I put out my stuff and some other creators that I really liked. And, you know, it's just hard. It's just hard to make money in independent comics. So I did it, you know, because I wanted to get my stuff out there, get some other people out. But, um you know, most of the time, most, today we do mostly digital stuff, and you can find us on uh, Webtoon or Comixology or Kindle. I'd like just putting it out digitally, and then maybe once I get the issues collected, I'll put out trades to comic stores and bookstores. But right now with COVID, you know, everybody's just kind of like chilling out. Yeah, that's Asylum Press. So, yeah, Satan Going Wild, that we did that with Robert Ryan. Uh, Billy Boy is another kind of dark cartoony book that I did. Uh, Chopper was Martin Shapiro's book, Asylum of Horrors, and all these books you can buy on our website. They're still, uh, most of them are in print. Zombie Mutant Genesis is digital only. Hex of the Wicked Witch is digital, but we're going to probably do trade collections once they're done. So, you know, it's 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 horror, action, sci-fi, steampunk kind of stuff. But if you like that, just check out the, the website and uh, the titles. A lot of the stuff is available digitally and then in print, too. We have you know, limited amounts left of some of the titles, but uh, there's plenty of like Asylum of Horrors, Billy Boy. There's still a lot of those left. Yeah, the Asylum of Horrors stuff the, the looks looks cool as hell. Yeah, and uh, so everybody knows that's listening. All the uh, all all the links for Frank are in the show notes, either up above or down below, depending on whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, definitely go check out Asylum Press and all this really cool like sci-fi horror stuff. Yeah. I think I think har the the horror comics are making like a huge comeback this year. Yeah, it seems like yeah horror. I think you know people say did it go away? Does it come back? I mean, it kind of ebbs and flows. But I mean, look, horror's always been big. I mean, a lot of people just love horror. Horror novels, horror TV shows are big. I mean, it's just crazy. And we've always like delved in to either horror or anthologies or series, you know? So it's just something I've always loved, you know? Uh, grew up reading Bernie Wrightson and uh, 
Tales oh, from yeah. the Crypt and the Charlton Horror stuff. I mean, I love that stuff. Um, so why not publish it, do it myself, you know? And that's when I started From Beyond. I think that was my first published comic in 91. And then worked with Boneyard Press, Cry for Dawn. I did all that black and white, big black and white boom in the 90s. I was, I was you know, part of that scene. Um, but then, you know, end of the 90s, I just kind of dropped out of it. It was, it was a lot. I mean, comics are a lot of work. It's a lot of free. Oh, work, yeah. You know, it really is to draw pages. And I just find it easier to draw storyboards where you could draw a lot looser. You don't have to have the tight line. And you could just kind of get the story out in a, in a loose way and make pretty decent living at it. So that's why I kind of like it. And plus, I like dabbling in film and animation. It's pretty fun. But definitely, I want to get back into comics. So I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. Like with COVID, you're just like, do you publish? Do you do it on the web? So a lot of it, I'm putting out the stuff like like uh, Billy Boy or Warlash. We're putting that out on Webtoon. So if you go to Webtoon and you look up Warlash, I'm putting out all this stuff and some new stuff that hasn't been published. So Warlash, Zombie Terrors, Beyond Doomsday is another one. We're putting that out on Webtoon. And, um, you know, uh, just trying to get the stuff out there and get the get, build the fan base, get the readers into it, you know. Now, I've, I've got to ask you because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, JM, JML and all his, uh, all his earlier work. What did you do when you worked on Cry for Dawn? Oh, so I did a couple of short stories in a few of the issues. Um, I can't remember. I, th I think it was like issue five or seven. I can't even really remember. I did a story called Dead Thing and then a uh, like a Christmas story or something like that. And then after Cry for Dawn um, went under, I did a lot of work for Night Cry, which was uh, they called it CFD Productions. And mm -hmm. I did a lot of sh short stories in Night Cry I think I did some stuff in Tales of the Dead and then worked um, with Hart Fisher on Build a Bowl. I did a bunch of black and white stuff for uh, Build a Bowl and Boneyard Press. And then went back to just doing it through Asylum, you know. Uh, tried to finish up Vampire Versus, Hex of the Wicked Witch, and, you know, Billy Boy, uh, late 90s, I was doing that stuff before I came out to L.A. And then it kind of just took a back seat. I still put stuff out, but it was just more infrequently, you know. And you're also over at uh, Heavy Metal Magazine. Yeah, I've been working, been contributing to Heavy Metal, I think, since about 2008, 2009, doing short stories. And then Kevin Eastman asked me to edit around 2010, I think it was. And then I started delivering short stories from other artists. And then he gave me an issue to edit myself, which was uh, 271. And 271 was a big hit with fans because I tried to, you know, I tried to bring in new creators and then just make it feel like the book you read in the 70s and 80s. So I did that. That was a big hit. Then I did edited uh, Heavy Metal 277, which was uh, another horror issue. And then since 277, I helped bring in uh, Pepe Moreno's um, Gene Kong. That was in 278, 279, I think. And then uh, I just, I'm constantly bringing in different creators that I work with or putting in some of my own stories that I work with other people on. Um, so I've been involved, yeah, since, since like 271 as an editor pretty regularly. 
And uh, we just did Heavy Metal 300, which I have right here. I don't have the cover issue, but this is the sketch cover, which I have a bunch of, and I'm planning on doing a bunch of sketch covers and uh, showing like um, a process, which will be on Heavy Metal's uh, uh, social. And um, then I'll be putting them up on eBay, I guess, so people could bid on them. But yeah, Heavy Metal 300. Uh, this is um, Tater 7's story. I helped get in uh, Libertor's story, which is uh, Lucy. This is uh, Tanina Libertor from Rank Xerox. And uh, this is a story that he did in France like years ago, but um, it was never published in English. So I helped get this story here. It's about a fictional story about Lucy the ape that supposedly was like a um, missing link between apes and humans. Really, really cool story. Um, Helped get this story in. Uh, this is uh, Not Today by Mark McCann, Paul Fry, and Adam Brown. Very cool. Uh, also, Duke Mighton. I don't know if you're into Duke Mighton. He used to work for um, Verotic. I got him to kind of come out of comics retirement. Now, he still does comics, but he hasn't done a short story in a while. So that was a story he did. And... Um, few others that I helped uh, get in. You have a Count Williams story, but yeah, Heavy Metal 300, a really cool issue featuring new and old creators. And then here's a little story. Uh, here's a, here's a Hellboy illustration that I did on a cover, on the cover of Heavy Metal. Yeah, let's get that full screen. Kind of fun. Um, and I want to do more of these. I'm going to be doing more and putting them on my social, on my Instagram, and doing like time lapses of them, and then um, you know posting the the videos, and then uh, posting the the issue up on eBay. This should be going up on eBay soon. But yeah, really yeah. fun, really fun. Yeah, it's got like a it's got like a almost like a three D look to it. The way you did the tones. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, heavy metal animation. I worked on Solar Opposites, that show that's on Hulu by the uh, Rick and Morty creators. Uh, that was pretty fun. Um, and then uh, my original animation is on uh, YouTube, which is um, Goon Cartoons. I've been doing that since, like, 2005. But if you just look up Goon Cartoons on YouTube, you'll see, like, Buck Billy, the Ultra Mega Super Squad, Pissed Off Possum, um, cut it out, which is like a tribute to um, Monty Python and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I subscribed today. <laughs> oh, very cool. I mean, look, I'm into a lot of stuff, right? Comics, animation, storyboards, writing. I mean, I don't know, ADD or something. Well, I, I yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the last time you slept? I just, <laughs> I haven't been sleeping well, actually. Um, no, but I, um, I, I just like to create. I like to create stories, and whether it's in a comic book form or written as prose or animation or filmmaking. I just like to dabble in all of it, you know? So, um, and the internet is a good place to try to put it out there. Whereas you know, I could put something up and tomorrow it's live. Yeah. Whereas with, uh, and same with like Kindle, like um, I just put a book out on Kindle called uh, beyond Lovecraft, which just came out this week. And it's, um, an anthology of Lovecraft inspired stories that I wrote. Some of it was uh, comic book stories that I wrote years ago, 
that I converted to uh, prose, like a written word, and then some other new ones that I just wrote. So that's cool that I could just like launch it and it's live in like two days. That's what I love about Kindle. And you could buy the paperback and, or you could read it on Kindle or you can read it on Amazon Unlimited. Uh, but I'm going to be doing some more stuff like with, with COVID, I'm, I don't go out, I don't do much. So I've just been creating. So I'm going to be launching a bunch of either web cartoons, web comics, written books, uh, t-shirt ideas, uh, just coming up with a lot of different things in this time. I just, you know, it's, it's a good time if you're creative and you can, you know, work without getting depressed, which, which happens to a lot of people. You can't work, you can't focus. If you can do it, it's a good time to just get in, try to block out the world and just do it, you know? So that's what I've been trying to do. Now, is is your favorite genre to work in horror? I, I would say. I would say horror or, or like science fiction or like uh, post-apocalyptic. Um, I would say that is, yeah, my favorite genre. Sure. Yeah, so like like horror with like a sci-fi aspect to it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like Lovecraft is horror with sci-fi, and I like, I like that. Like it was fun to just like – go back and delve into Lovecraft and read him and then try to write like him. So if you look at beyond Lovecraft, a lot of the wording and the phrasing and the, the descriptions, I'm just trying to kind of mimic his style and, you know, like August Derelith and, and, and a lot of guys that followed Lovecraft, they did the same thing. So with that book, I'm just trying to like, let me do a tribute to Lovecraft. And then after that, I'm going to try to write, you know, I've got a, a post-apocalyptic anthology that I'm working on. And uh, another anthology of straight-up horror tales that won't be Lovecraft-inspired necessarily, but just straight-up horror. Um, so those will be coming out soon, too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you've got you've got books on you've got books on Amazon. You've got all kinds of animation up on your YouTube channel. Uh, you work you're working on storyboarding for TV shows, movies, and animation. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Fa- fairly nonstop. And in be- in between there, you get a little bit of comic book work done. Yeah, I, I, I get some work done. I'm trying to finish up Billy Boy, which is a Kickstarter I did like two years ago. And it's it's almost done. And everyone's like pissed off at me. Where's the book? Where's the book? It's just I've been kind of busy and it's, it's hard for me to focus sometimes. But that'll be done soon. But really, if you just go to my website, which is frankforte.com or Asylum Press. Frank Forte Art is the uh, Instagram, the Twitter. You can find all that stuff, Asylum Press on Twitter. I tweet and, and, and work the social pretty regularly. So you can keep up on what I'm putting out. Uh, if you're, if you're interested in like seeing my horror stuff or my comics or my, my web cartoons. And all those links are of course in the, in the show notes. Now the, uh, 
I, I got to ask about your uh, some of your 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 funky art with that 1960s look. Oh, like the uh, I guess you're talking about the um, the paintings that are more like um, the old cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. So that stuff, sure, inspired by old Fleischer cartoons, old Warner Brothers cartoons, and old Disney cartoons. But also kind of like the uh, the comic books as well, um, you know. I just also always wanted to delve in the fine art scene, and being in LA with La Luz de Jesus, Capro Gallery, and Corey Helford Gallery, the art scene is big out here for lowbrow pop surrealism and like dark fantasy art or dark surrealism um, or dark art they call it sometimes. Um, so I just started doing paintings, submitting to the galleries. I would get in. People would buy them, and then the galleries would want more. So when I have time, sure, I delve in in the fine art scene. So, you know, I, I want to do more of that. But um, just recently, I've been more focused on the, the books and the writing. So the art has taken a little bit of a backseat. But uh, I do want to get back to it if I can. Yeah, I, I saw that, uh, that, that Batman painting, and I was just like, Oh man, this is like the coolest thing I've seen in like the last oh, ten years. Oh right, right. Yeah, so like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, I do work in two different styles when I do fine art, like the Batman stuff and the superhero stuff. I do kind of work in a, I guess you could say a pop art, a neo pop art style that's influenced by Lichtenstein and Warhol and all those guys. Mm -hmm. That is one style that I work in, and then I work in another style that's more influenced by. Um, you know, like classic cartoons. Like I don't know if you can see my, my old business card. Like this stuff is, yeah, that stuff is more like, um, you know, the old. Uh, yeah, 50, 50s or 60s cartoons. Or even like 30s. 30s yeah. The, the rubber hose, the, uh, the pie eye stuff. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the fine art. The pop art stuff. I don't know if I have any of that stuff around, but yeah, you can go to my website and see. It's kind of like a, a, a pop art style that I work in. Um, yeah, if you can see that 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 painting behind me right there, that's kind of like um, that's kind go. of more in the uh, uh, style of like old Betty Boop and, and the, the Big Bad Wolf. But um, the pop art style is. Uh, is another thing that's kind of fun because I love comic books. I love pop art and I love ripping off Lichtenstein. What can I say? <laughs> I love ripping off that, the, the dots and the style. And there's a lot of people that do that. And look, I know what it is. I'm ripping off pop art. I know that's what it is. It's, it's a neo pop art style. I'm taking what Lichtenstein did and I'm doing it in my own interpretation of it and using the stuff that I like, which is like, Batman, you know, horror comics, romance comics, putting romance comics into like taking the romance comics imagery and then putting those girls into superhero uniforms. If you see some of that stuff. So it's kind of like my own little, it's kind of a fun thing to just dabble in, you know, uh, using spray paint and, um, stencils and, uh, just ripping off. It's basically, I'm just ripping off, imagery from comic books and other stuff and just 
mixing it around and putting my own flavor on it. And sometimes I create my own costumes and my own characters over the images. And then other times I just straight up rip off a Batman image and put it with Superman or with a Marvel character and put some word balloons in there and some logos and just there it is, you know, but uh, it's kind of fun. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun little exercise to just kind of do that pop art style. So I like doing it, but I, it's been a while since maybe a few, few months since I did a painting like that, but you know, it's just a matter of how much time in the day do you have, you know? Oh, exactly. But it's, it's, it's got that, it's got like that old school vibe, but it's, it's funky as hell. So it just like pulls you into it and like, yeah. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Oh cool. man, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. And uh, you also uh, storyboarded on uh, Bob's Burgers. I did. I worked on that show for about four years. That was that was really cool, really fun to work on that show, and really fun to work on a show that got so popular, right? I, I worked on a lot of shows you probably never even heard of that never went anywhere, one, two seasons. And Bob's Burgers, like, first season, people were like, Bob's Burgers, and never heard of it, never heard of it. And then uh, – Second season, people were like, oh, yeah, I kind of I like that show. I, I saw it a couple times. And, and then by third season, it just, like, exploded. And I, oh, yeah. I was at Comic-Con one year, and I had a table, and, like, I had the comic books because I worked on the comic books, too, and I had the comic books out. And people were just, like, kept coming up, like, you worked on that show? You worked on Bob's Burgers? And I was like, yeah, why well, you've seen it? And people were like, I love that show. And then it was just like one after the other. And my table was like packed. Like I, I couldn't even like, sometimes it was like two or three people deep. I'm like, what the hell is going on? This is crazy. <laughs> and, um, ever since that one year, it was just nuts because the show is so huge. It's got so many fans, you know? Oh, yeah. So it was fun to do storyboards and then also work on the um, – the comic book, you know, it was fun. Yeah, I remember. I remember when the comic book first uh, first launched. Uh, like the the shop that I've been going to for like thirty five years, uh, he he ordered like you know two dozen of them because a lot of people were asking for them, and you know pe people are always coming and goes. You have anything for the kids? You have anything for the kids? Because the because the mainstream comics are getting more and more mature and there's there's not enough like all ages stuff now yeah that's true but 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 a lot of stores now that i've seen like they'll carry those scholastic books right scholastic or um what is it graphics or um abrams comics arts and stuff like that like those those graphic novels sell in the hundreds of thousands like way more than floppies do and oh, I know. Comic stores. I think it's good that comic stores carry those because that'll bring in this younger fan that wants to read either YA or paranormal or web comics or books like. Oh, let me see. Oh, real quick, real quick, real quick. Ah. Oh, like this stuff, right? Rena Tugmeyer, right? This stuff, sisters. You know, not for everyone. But this is hugely popular. Now, if a comic stores carry this stuff, you're going to get a, a whole nother fan base that is going to read this and then grow out of this and then be like, 
I want to read some of this, you know, because yeah. you graduate, you always graduate to something that's more mature, you know, like I started when I was younger, I was reading Snoopy and I still like the old Snoopy's from the fifties, but you know, then I had to read Marvel and DC and superheroes. And then I graduated from tights and capes and started reading heavy metal and, uh, eerie and creepy and epic and all that stuff. And all oh, the- I love that. I still love that stuff. Oh, totally. I love it too, man. I love going through old bins and finding eeries and creepies and stuff. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, oh, let me, let me show you. Like, here, just for, we'll do a little show and tell. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I'll find in dollar bins, right? Mm-hmm. Old Marvel 2 in ones. Look at this stuff. I used to buy this off the newsstands when it came out. Is Wonder. Look at this. This is the whole series of the um this was like the, the, the Pegasus project. Look at this. Look at this stuff. These covers are classic. Classic Legion. I mean oh, this I, love, I love the Legion. That was my that was my first team book. This isn't even that old. And then these old look at these things. Old Tor. But these Tor. I want them. I want them to be readers. They're all shot. I could read them. I don't have to worry about like messing them up and look at these like the old ads and stuff look at that stuff oh yeah i love seeing i love seeing the old ads like uh awesome look at the old oh yeah oh but lobo christmas special it's freaking (laughs) classic disney man it's great look at here's an old one look at it supergirl 15 cents i mean look at this stuff I mean, the stories aren't that great. Sometimes you just, you want to read it for the art, like that classic pop art, right? Look at that. Mm-hmm. Beauteous. Xenozoic Tales. Oh, yeah. Classic black and white, right? Look at that stuff. That launched into Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, this stuff is just great. I mean, this guy, this is this guy knows how to draw, you know. You look at the stuff and you just marvel at it. And this guy, you know, just loves drawing comic books. Like that's his thing. Oh yeah, he's he's like fantastic. We actually reviewed uh we've got another uh show called OK Boomer where uh myself and one of the other guys, Thomas, uh all we do is deep dive into uh older comic books into back issues. Oh right, cool. Cool. You know, to, you know, bring him back to the forefront and, cool. you know, you know, introduce him to people. Totally. And uh, we uh, we covered uh, Vampirella issue one. Oh, wow. And because it's her 50th anniversary, Dynamite started reprinting the original magazine. So, of course, oh, right. the first one is that famous Rosetta cover. I think I saw that in the store recently. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and they and they've been reprinting all those old ones, but they're reprinting all the original ads and columns and letter pages right. and everything. Yeah, and I'm like, is, right, right. you know, my daughter's like, what are you doing? I go, I'm reading a letters page. She's like, what's a letters page? I go, oh, 40 years. I go, I go, well, centuries ago, people used com- to popping pop art and comic fans used to actually write letters to the editor about their favorite books, what they liked and, you know, with questions and everything, and yeah. they would pick a few select letters and put them in the bag. And, goes, and you're reading them? She's like, yeah. I go, she's like, when's this book from? I'm like, uh, 1969. He goes, 
that's the year you were born. I go, I know. So obviously I couldn't have read it when it came out. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's totally cool. I, I like when they do that. You can see an issue as is that normally would probably go for a few hundred bucks, but you could read it. You know, it's very cool. Oh yeah, that's that's the only thing that DC's done and DC and Marvel have done in like the last couple of years that I'm like, oh, this is great. The facsimile copies. Yeah, right. Because you know, I've I've wanted that. You know, House of Mystery '93. You know, since I was a kid. Yeah. And you know, back then it was you know twenty thirty dollars, and now it's like you know two or three hundred dollars just you know in a reader copy so i'm like i go yeah i'll take the facsimile i'll take all those facsimiles i don't care yeah totally no it's you great know? i like that they do that i think it's good it's good for younger readers too to see what 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 was done years ago what started it you know yeah you get to you get to like read the first appearance yeah uh one of the things we we delved into was the uh the first unofficial justice league dark because i like i like like all the all the magic and the and the horror aspects of of DC before they destroyed everything, and uh, they did it back. It, Alan Moore did it in uh, his original Swamp Thing run in forty nine and fifty. Oh, uh, that's where Justice League Dark first appeared. Mm -hmm. It was it was unnamed, but it it was um, it was basically all the magic users, and that's that's where Alan Moore killed Zatara. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's it's great to go back and look at like, like I used to love in the eighties they would always do the Justice League of America and the Justice Society. Oh yeah, right. It was like once a year they would do these team ups, and you'd be like, you know, who are they going to fight this time, and what heroes are going to come in, and what is this Earth Two or Earth Three or you know, it was just cool to see that. Like, you'd always want to see the Justice Society and the Justice League together. Two Supermans, two Batmans, or the, what was it? Not, um, maybe it wasn't Batman from Earth 2. It was like Wildcat or something like that. Yeah, you get, uh, you get, uh, Wildcat. Um, you'd get, you'd get Robin because at one point they, they killed Batman on Earth 2. Oh, right. But, you know, everybody thinks this is all, that thinks everything is new in DC. It's like, no, about 40 years ago, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle married and they had a daughter. And that daughter became the huntress. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I, I it's hard to keep track of that DC universe with all the um uh the, the separate earths and stuff, but but you know, I do like the way DC is doing that now, we're like, I don't know, Supergirl is what, Earth 3 or something? And, you know, they've kind of owned it and, and are like, we, we don't have to have everything in the same universe the way Marvel movies do. Like, mm -hmm. different universes, different realities, and they could just all exist. And it doesn't have to be continuity. And I think that works. I think in comics, it's easier to have continuity, but when you're dealing with actors and schedules and filming, it's hard to do it. I'm, I'm impressed that Marvel has done it over, what, 22 movies? Oh, yeah. Continuity. Pretty pretty amazing. But um, DC, yeah, they just couldn't keep it up, you know. But Well, I'm, I'm excited for the, uh, like I think everybody is, for the uh, the Black Adam movie next year. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and one of the, 
the the thing I'm most excited about. Well, I've always liked Black Adam, but the uh, the thing I'm most excited about is them actually bringing the Justice Society into film. Oh, are they? Yeah, I think I did hear that right. Oh, I really. Uh, like yep, they're, yeah, they uh, they're they're gonna have. Uh, They've already uh, spilled the beans that Hawkman is going to be in it. Oh, cool. Dr. Fate. Love it. Um, not, not, not the old Adam, but uh, Adam Smasher, the, the kid oh, that oh, yeah, right, right. Grew, grew big and, and, and like a, a couple others here and there, but they're basically introducing the Justice Society into the DCEU, and you know, the That's only cool. the only hope I have is the HBO Max stuff for their uh, their ongoing because you know they've been like the show you worked on. They've done a fantastic job with it. They've got you know the do they're doing it the right way. So yeah, like I love. Um you know, Doom Patrol, and I think there's there's an opening for other weird, eclectic DC characters, you know, like Metamorpho or The Outsiders or any number of weird, you know, I think they were going to do Swamp Thing, but then they did a pilot and it got canceled, but there's also, imagine a Doctor Fate TV show would be awesome, you know? Well, they did, they, did the, they did the Swamp Thing show, and it was phenomenal but somebody screw, somebody supposedly screwed up the paperwork between the town that they filmed in and the offices at Warner Brothers and there was a mystery between who was getting what for you know the the tax credits and all that hoopla that go along with you know making of the TV shows and uh they they cut it like three episodes short, and you know just ended it. And that would be some, that would be something that would uh, go go over. I think wonderfully if they just handed that character over to uh, HBO Max. Yeah, right. So where can you see those three episodes? Did they air? Um, no, no. They they cut they cut the series short by about three episodes. Right. So, where can you see them now? Um, there they should be on. They should be on Max now, and they said they were also going to be uh, airing those on uh, CW this fall. Oh, cool! I'll check them out. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to catch up on. Right, a lot of content now. Um, well, I would love to keep going, but I do have a deadline tonight. Oh yeah, so, most definitely. Uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, yeah we'll work something out and get you back on a different time. There's a lot of stuff I could talk about. A lot of projects. A lot of stuff coming up. I'll always have a new book or a new cartoon or something to promote. So yeah, we'll do it again. We'll talk about talk about some old comics or something. Look at that. I've got a ton of stuff. We'll do a little show and tell. You can show me some of your old comics. Pop up some covers and we'll talk, we'll do geek talk for sure. Oh yeah, uh, just give me a call. I'll be glad to have you back on anytime. Sure, it's cool. it, it's it's been awesome chatting cool. and and checking out a, and hearing about you know the adventure you've been on. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride, and this year has been pretty 
nutty too with COVID and everything. But uh, yeah, hopefully it, it keeps going and I keep create get getting to work on great projects and creating cool stuff. Well, cheers to that, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, Frank. Cool. Thanks, man. Peace. Thank you. Have, have a great night. Yeah, you too, man. Have a good one.